Welcome to Dark Horse Matters, the show about people, their passions, and their pursuit toward happiness. I'm your host, Bev Matayoshi, and I'm passionate about talking to people about their dreams. These things that drive them, their purpose, and their whys they do the things they do, the reason why they have all this energy to, you know, make things happen. And it's just so inspiring. Every week on the show, I meet a new guest that just, my goal is to help inspire you out there with these stories. These are real people going through these things. And um, it's just, it just motivates me. Every time I hear these stories, it just makes me feel like, uh, you know, I have purpose in life as well to share this with you. So if you are a returning uh, viewer to the show, thank you so much for the support. Really appreciate you. If something resonates with you while you're watching these videos, put it in the chat, write some comments in there. Let's start a community discussion about these very important topics. And um, if you're new to the show, please don't forget to subscribe and hit that like button and you know share it with your friends because these stories could ignite a fire under you to go after your dreams. Very important. So today's guest, I love these people. They're the nicest couple ever. And I met them on my financial journey as well. We're kind of on the same path here. And this uh, financial services company that I work with, that we work with, um, it's just amazing because we meet everybody who joins this company has a crusade of their own that they're working on but everybody is you know the culture is just a cohesive team all working toward different goals but the same goal at the same time you know and that goal is financial freedom and that financial freedom provides you you know the means to make your dreams come true and have that security in life to know that you can have the freedom to not only take care of yourself and your family, but to give freely to others. And that is just so powerful and inspiring. And I love it. I love going to work every day because of these people that I get to meet and, and work with every day. So with that being said, please give a warm welcome to Espy and Mike Miramontes. Yay! <laughs> everyone. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. I love you guys. You guys are just some of my favorite people. And what I love about you, uh, SB and Mike, so much is the energy that you guys bring. Even if it's just on a WhatsApp, you know, um, chatlet, you know, thread of just texting, you know, like I can feel the love through the words and uh, the presence that you guys bring. And that is just so powerful like no matter where you go in life you know that energy it's contagious and people feel that and people need that especially now during this time so i thank you guys you guys are so amazing thank you for that bev and hello to your audience to your awesome audience we are so happy to be here and we so much appreciate the invitation and we love you this much. <laughs> we love, love, love you, Bev, and we feel so blessed to know you. You are just the most wonderful, caring individual, and you have such a big heart, and um, I can go on and on. I'm just so, um, I'm better for knowing you, and uh, I appreciate your energy as well, and you have such a great attitude, and uh, you're always cheerful, and you care about people. 
and uh, I appreciate your mission and how you want to just be a good servant and um, you're a great mom and just a you know uh, I'm starting to cry (laughs) having this podcast just says it says it all it just is is um you know it's just proof of of your your servant heart and your goodness and how you want to reach people through this podcast so thank you for allowing us to be a part of that (laughs) thank you that is such kind words I appreciate it so um I just want to you know before we get into why I you know asked you guys to be on the show and we have a very common ground there um and it has a lot to do with the special kind of love as being a parent right um I just want to ask you guys can you tell the audience a little bit about yourselves where are you from and where did you both grow up okay I'll go first well I'm I'm from uh San Jose California so I was born there lived most of my life there so San Jose is, is about 40 miles south of um San Francisco. So grew up there, born there, uh, spent my, most of my life in uh, San Jose, California. And then about two years ago, we moved, we moved up north uh, next to a city called Tracy. And so we're in a, we're in a little uh, community called Mountain House right now, Yeah, which okay. is about 40 miles north of uh, San Jose. So I was born and raised in Chicago. And my parents were from Mexico. I'm one of 10 kids. I'm number six. Wow. <laughs> and I came out here to, um, to California when I was in my 20s. And I met Mike. Mike and I met at a church in Campbell. And we were, um, I guess we were involved in the singles ministry. And yeah, we met it through some events and Bible studies. And um, yeah, we dated for a while. And then Mike proposed. And yeah, so... Wow. <laughs> How long have you guys been married? Um, 20, 20, almost 24. Yeah, it'll be 24 years this October. Yeah, 24 in October. We started late. We got married in our 30s. <laughs> That's remember, considered late, right? Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I remember because it was 10 4 97. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny that that's considered late, you know, these days. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I just remember when I was, uh, you know, a kid, I would think that you're supposed to get married, you know, in your early 20s. That was just like a given yeah. what you're supposed yeah. to do. And it's what every young girl looked forward to, you know, wearing that white yeah. wedding dress and all that kind of stuff and being a yeah. mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I just want to talk about being a parent. Like you guys are, you guys have how many kids? Well, we have one, we miscarried three. And our daughter, Rebecca, we call her Becca. Um, she was our, our third pregnancy and she's our gift. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, these days, it's really crazy because people are so, you know, just driven with their careers and, you know, like going to school. It's just such a milestone that people feel they have to meet before getting married and having kids, you know, like so it's it's not uncommon now that people are having children a lot later in life you know nowadays there's technology where you can plan ahead and there's all these testing that you can do to make sure the baby's going to be okay and all that kind of stuff but um with with you and becca i know she she has some kind of special needs right 
were you my question was were you guys aware of you know the risk when when you guys were trying to conceive and all of that kind of stuff yeah did you want to go first yeah yeah so uh, so uh, before rebecca was born you know a doctor did consult with us and they, they took some um uh, they had us do some blood tests and they came back with information saying that the, the test indicates that your daughter could have some kind of some kind of condition we don't know what but there's a chance she could have, she can have some kind of condition right. so we knew that we knew that going forward even even before she was born i didn't know about um you know taking um uh, you know supplements or things to help have a healthy pregnancy, although we, we were taking vitamins and things like that before. But because I was, when I was pregnant with her, I was in my late 30s, which um, I, so I had been informed that the older you are when you're pregnant, the more high risk you could be. Mm -hmm. And because I had already lost two before her, they, there was a concern that I was going to lose her as well. And so the doctor, you know, had to have all those heavy what if conversations with us. And then when we did, um, you know, they offered to do an amnio. And, and so that was pretty scary because I had heard some positive, some negative things about that type of testing. And then I was told through the ultrasound that, um, you know, there was possibility she wasn't gonna make it or she was going to come out with other more severe deformities. So by God's grace, she made it. She was an emergency. She was a preemie. She was, um, um, what, what, what do they call that? Um, when you they have to go in and take her out. I forget the C-section. Oh, wow. <laughs> she was a C-section. So she was a preemie. She weighed um, three pounds and 12 ounces. Three pounds, 12 ounces. So um, she was born, she was diagnosed with Down syndrome at birth which I didn't fully understand, you know, what that meant at the time. And then when she was uh, 10, she was also diagnosed with autism. And then um, in between both of those, she also has sensory challenges. So wow. she has all three of those that we work with, with her. You know, it's hard because like autism, it's such a wide spectrum of, you know, severities. So it's so hard to diagnose like a lot of people are misdiagnosed or parents don't even know that they need to be tested until it's like way later in their life when they could have gotten early intervention yeah. um my my son he was diagnosed with autism at age three but i knew that there was something you know when he was a year old even as young as that like i was like you know he's having certain traits of this like i recognized um you know, just learning about it in school. And, you know, I have a nephew who's autistic. I, I recognize those signs, you know, but I didn't have him actually diagnosed until about age three when I moved here to Georgia. And I know I'm, I find it a blessing that it was er that early because he got to have early intervention in the school system. Um, and they provide that for free here in Georgia, like in the public school system, mm -hmm. which I find such a blessing. You know, and, and for me, you know, a single mom and, you know, you have to find all these resources, you know, and you're on top of that, you have to work full time. It's been a struggle, but um, a blessing at the same time. So thank you so much for being so, you know, open to talking about this because it's a very important topic and there's a lot 
of parents out there who have special needs kids, you know, and then, you know, sometimes it's just hard to know, like, you, you want to have that community, you know, that that gives you support emotionally on top of everything else. Uh, I just want to ask you guys, like, what, when you were going through this, like, uh, when Rebecca was first born and everything, or even prior to birth, since you guys uh, knew a little bit of the risks, you know, like, what were your fears that you were going through? Like, what was going through your head? Um, you know, even after she was born, I guess, I guess, I guess she was, she was, she was so, uh, so small when she was born, three pounds, 12 ounces. And so that was, that was a concern that she was, you know, so little and just wanted to make sure that we took care of her and uh, just so that she would grow and uh, grow and, you know, get bigger and gain more weight. But that, that was, that was a concern, just how petite she was, small. Yeah, Mike, we have a picture. Mike um, took off his wedding band and he put it on her little head. And oh it was gosh. so big on her head that it looked like a crown. Oh, wow. You know, that's how small she was. And I remember being told that she would grow into her skin because her skin was so loose and wrinkly, like a bird, like a little bird, like a tiny little bird. And, and I couldn't bring her home until she was four pounds. So, uh, and then when I brought her home, she uh, was started losing weight. And so I, I thought what scared me is how am I gonna take care of this little baby? Um, um, she was my one and only one. I didn't have anyone to compare her to. I'd never done this before. And then uh, Mike had only, um, at that time he was working full time and he, uh, he, he was running out of time off. So I was on my own and I wasn't sleeping because she wasn't nursing well with, uh, with Down syndrome, uh, one of the, their characteristics. So they have developmental delays mm -hmm. with Down syndrome. So um, her ability to nurse was not fully developed. So she was lose. I was nursing her. She was losing all the, the milk. Oh, wow. So she, because she wasn't getting her nutrition, she was losing weight. So it was a day by day learning you know, learning and, you know, and like you said with your son, you saw some of the markers there that you were questioning. I was questioning as she started to develop a little more, there were other things I was seeing about her that didn't necessarily match the Down syndrome diagnosis. I saw that, but then I started to see some of the autism kick in and I didn't know that it was autism. And I would ask the doctors and the doctors would just say, well, wait until she's older, maybe we'll do this or we'll do that. And um, so it was pretty scary, you know, learning. And even though a lot of these diagnoses have some commonalities, they also have a lot of differences. Mm -hmm. Each child is still individual. And, uh, you know, as we know, some have one diagnosis, some have three diagnoses, right? So, you know, you still feel all alone. Right. Even if you're with a group of people, you know, you're at, you know, at the end of the day, you're still on your own with this little precious thing right so that was kind of scary just feeling our way and trying to take the time to learn and read up a little bit and, and get to know her and her reactions and you know so but but thankfully you know Mike and I um, you know I don't know how you did it being a single mom because I really depended on Mike you know and it, it was a blessing for us to be able to do this together so so bless yeah. you Beth, for how you did it on your own. Um, yeah. Well, it, it takes a village, you know, I didn't do <laughs> it completely on my own. I have family and friends too, who really, really, you know, helped me 
through. And um, even though my kid's father, he's not, we're not together, you know, he's still there and he's present in, in their lives. And that is a blessing in itself too. It's really interesting to hear, you know, what you guys have been through. Cause, and like you said, every kid is, is different. Everybody's individual um, situation is so different. You can't compare, you really can't compare. Yeah. And um, I just, you know, you're so strong. Both of you guys are so strong. I just find so much, um, you know, hope in the, the strength that you guys have. And your, your daughter is so beautiful and she has such a beautiful personality. You know, like um, I, I just, you know, that's gotta be from you guys. It's just your support, everlasting love that she's always surrounded with. So she's so blessed. You guys are so blessed. <laughs> I think it's the other way around. I think if we are anything, it's because of her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but it goes both ways. Okay, yeah, uh, but today I just wanted to share something about, about God, God's grace. So Rebecca was was um, born about a month early. So um, when Rebecca was about seven, eight months old, we went to go visit my brother and his wife. And so we're talking to them and uh, his wife's name is, is Beverly. So oh, yeah. <laughs> Beverly. Yeah. And so she says to us, uh, have you done a stress test for Rebecca? And we didn't know what a stress test was, you know, and and so right away, we, we, we call, call our doctor, we, we schedule a stress test, we, we made right in the next day or the day after. So we go in in the afternoon, we're there in the evening, they hooked up monitors to, to SB, you know, the heart rate and the heart rate of, the, of, of Rebecca. And, I, and I'm watching the monitor, you know, and it's going up and down, going, and then I, I think, remember, it's, it's just, it just stopped once. And that really concerned me because it, it stopped, that's not a good thing. It's supposed to go boom, 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 right. boom. Oh man, I got to then it started going again. And I I asked the I asked the nurse of the doctor, what what happened? What happened? You know, and and I forgot what she said, you know, where you know that that, uh, that may have been a sign that um, Rebecca was under stress. She was under stress, mm. which is not a good thing. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think the vaguely something like that happened. Yeah. Yeah, because that was and and so that so and so they, they told us to come back in the morning. So we go back in the morning, they hook her up again with the monitors. They're, they're watching the monitors, and then I guess the, it must have been a doctor. A doctor says, and this is about she's about eight months along, and the doctor says she has to come out now because she's oh, under wow. stress. We're, we're, we're right there, she has to come out now. So they took her to to, to, to do the C-section. Yeah, everything happened so fast. Yeah, just like wow. that. And I didn't know. They told me that maybe she, the night before that maybe she was asleep. So I think they, they were maybe saying that just to keep me calm because I didn't know they had told you that. And then when the doctor said, come back tomorrow, because we had been at the, the hospital all day. Yeah. All day. We were first across the street at the clinic. And they, they told me that they didn't have enough uh, instruments to uh, to get more uh, better a better reading on the stress. So they sent us to the hospital. And because we had arrived early, we had already registered. So then we went to the hospital. We were there several hours. The pastor even came to pray over us. And then afterwards, they called my doctor. She came in late at night, sent us home, said, come back tomorrow. We're going to do this all over again. And I told Mike, I don't have a good feeling. Something's wrong. It's not that I was feeling ill, but in my right. heart and, and in my heart, I was something was wrong. And so I told him, we better pack a bag. So right. I packed my bag. We went in the next day. And like Mike said, they did the stress test. And he was so sick because he had severe allergies <laughs> at the time. And oh, my goodness. 
but yeah, immediately they turned me over and did all the testing, you know, and and then immediately they sent, rolled me into an emergency to have her taken out. Yeah, and apparently one reason why she was under stress is because the umbilical cord was, was wrapped around her body. Her entire oh, wow. Body. So I guess that was, you know, maybe slowing down, slowing down the flow of blood to her or just being wrapped around her, you know, you know, I mean, I guess that, that's one reason apparently why she was under stress. Yeah, truly a miracle. And, and one, go ahead. Yeah. And once again, my point is that the only reason we went, because I visited my brother and, and, and Beth asked, did you do a stress test? And it scared me when she said that. I thought, oh, they're just trying to scare us. And, and I remember crying and telling Mike, you know, they shouldn't have said that to me, you know, <laughs> but that that forced me to ask my doctor and my doctor was going to do it. But she was going to do it later, you know, when I was closer to delivering. Right. And she, since you asked for it, I might as well do it now. Yeah. And it was, yeah. a, it was a good thing. She's, she's yes. coming God out bless, now. God bless yeah. him for, yeah. for saying something. Uh, yeah. And so can I ask you, like, during this time, like when you're, you know, like, what were your resources that you have available to learn? Because a lot of it, I would imagine that you guys did a lot of your own research. Um, did you guys have any type of resources provided to you, like through your community or your church or your, your medical doctors that were helpful? Yes, yes. Uh, yes. In, in the beginning, when she was in the NICU, um, there was an organization called Parents Helping Parents, and they're wonderful. I, I believe they're only in Santa Clara Valley. I, I wish they could spread out more. I don't know if they're trying to, but they're they're so big and so well-known in Santa Clara Valley. But one of their representatives was sent to us and she dropped off some information about some resources to us through about their organization. And then through the medical, I, I found out, I learned about the various therapies, the speech therapy, the OT, the PT. And then through our medical insurance that we had, you know, we had to see what was what was covered. And then some friends from church dropped off information. Um, so little by little, you know, I was I started to go on, online and look at some of these resources and learn from them and see what was, you know, doable for us, what was affordable, because uh, a lot of it wasn't affordable. And if you wanted tailor made for your your situation, for your family, a lot of it is out of pocket. You know, there, there are some sources out there that are through the welfare programs or the government or the regional centers, which are a blessing as well. But when you want, you know, you want to be able to pick and choose your own, you know, if you want to pick and choose your own doctor or your own therapist or your own babysitter, it really has to come out of pocket. But one of the other reasons about the financial, um, why it, it's so, um, we're so passionate about sharing with others about the finances, special needs families. My, my youngest brother, I don't know if I had shared this with you, but my youngest brother had special uh, severe disabilities and he was completely incapacitated. He never walked. He, he was bedridden all his life. And when Becca was born, um, we had just brought her home. She was still under four pounds and he was in a coma. He went into a coma, but um, I put... I put the phone on my mom and I, so I was in Chicago. We were in, in, in yeah, Campbell. My mom's in Chicago uh, in the hospital with him in a coma. And our pastor had said, have your mom put the ear on his, on his, the, the, the phone on his ear. And you talk to your brother because he might be able to 
understand you even if he's in a coma. So we did that. So there my mom is in Chicago in the hospital with my brother, the phone on his ear in a coma. And I put Becca there and I said, his name was Alfie. I said, Alfie, this is, this is your niece, Becca. And she was cooing, uh-huh. making little, little cooing sounds. And my mom said that when he heard that, his eyes went like that. Oh, wow. And he was in a coma. So my mom was convinced that they connected. Yeah. You know, Alfie is another reason. So he was my brother and he was institutionalized. So um, when, when he passed away, we found out that that institution he was in was abusing these kids. Oh, no. So that's another reason why we have a passion to be able to provide for our children with special needs that they not need to be institutionalized. Yes, there are other resources and other, other helps. And I'm sure there's some good institutions out there. I don't want to speak ill of all of them, but that just made me more cautious as far as who we trust and right. what programs we have. That's why for me, it's so important that we are able to pay out of pocket and I can pick and choose and I don't have to rely on what somebody else chooses for me because I don't have enough money to pick for my own. Right. I would not want her institutionalized. That is a very important, you know, point of view for mm-hmm. people to to hear because, um, I mean, you don't think about things like that, you know, and when you have no resources, you just yeah. have to take what you get, you know, and you don't, yeah. yeah, that is, you know, and if we can be those crusaders to help people plan ahead and not have to worry about just taking what they can get, that is just so if, that, if that's not motivating, I don't know what is. Yeah, they are very hard conversations, right? Just like talking about life insurance, life and long-term care, living benefits. Those are hard conversations, but we must have them. Yes. Because we must be aware, you know, and, and know what our options are because we have options. Yes, we there have are. Tools and there is hope, you know? So if, if we can share that hope and those tools with people, if, you know, they can be open to allowing us and we can come in with that heart of compassion and safety so that they know we care, right? Like we say, caring is sharing, right? But, you know, we didn't know when my brother was younger and he was institutionalized, we did our best. My parents did their best. They didn't know any different, you know, they did the best they could. And, you know, we can't fault them for it, you know, but, you know, but we learn, right? We learn some of those life experiences and that there is a better way. And we are in different times. Back mm-hmm. then, we didn't have all the resources we have now. Like right. now, we learn about life insurance. Mike and I have this conversation often with younger people because we we tell them if we had known back then when we were your age, what we know now, we could have been in a better situation. We're yes. in a better situation now because of this, mm-hmm. but we could have been in this better situation a long time ago. Right. Yeah. Right? And it's so hard to like you, it's hard conversation to have and young people, they just, it takes a lot more for them to get it. But, you know, that's why, you know, the people, I really respect the people in our company because we are very relentless in a compassionate way. You know, it's not about, you know, pushing to make numbers. It's about educating people and getting them to open their eyes to see how important it is to prevent you know, yourself from being in a situation. Um, And I just, you know, I'm so happy that, you know, people like you are are on this, you know, crusade, because it's important. And 
you guys, you know, are the perfect people to get that message out there. Thank you, Beth. So are you. <laughs> we're a team. We're a yes, team. Amen. We're, we're in this together. Yes. So may God flood the gates wide for all of us. <laughs> yes. I appreciate yeah. this yeah. so much. This conversation is so necessary and pleasant. I love, I love, um, you know, getting the message out in this manner. I think uh, also through this business, we learned because she's 19 already. So um, we learned about social security disability for her and uh, other programs that are out there that limit the amount of money she can have if we want to take advantage of those services for her. Or even, uh -huh. even through other county organizations, um, again, you know, it, they, look at, they look at our overall income. So in a way, you have to have limited income to get that kind of help. Right. It, it, it's, it's very... It, it just is very ironic, you know, it's, you know, so if you, again, if you want, you know, anything different, it, it, it doesn't really promote you to be wealthy. It doesn't promote you to be even um, middle-class, right? Because it's, it almost wants to force you to stay in a lower bracket. So right. that's why you have to do your own research. And, and again, I learned through this business that there are other things like the life insurance that we could do that, we, you know, that she can have, she can have those sources, but, and it's not going to be taken away from her because it's not going to be counted as an asset for her. Right, right. You know, um, that's really interesting to bring up because I, I see that a lot. You, you go to school and, you know, your whole hope is to graduate and have a higher paying job, you know, but the amount of money you would make is just enough to not qualify you for special services but it's not enough to survive, you know, like uh, there, there's gotta be a balance here, you know, like um, it, it's, it just almost makes your success make you more, have, give you more struggle. And I, I don't know, that, that is just something wrong with the system. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and that's just important to, for people to be aware of, you know, when they're planning their futures, you, you gotta look at what, what career choices you make, especially if you have a special needs child. I mean, most nobody predicts that right in life, but just, you know, having that ability to um, just have no limits on what you can, what income you can make is so important. And definitely the reason why I'm doing this business on top of my full-time career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I think this business mm -hmm. was really an eye-opener for us in that, that it helped us transition out of feeling stuck because um, you don't have to be forced to stay in that place. But if you don't know any different, if you don't know that there's something better out there, we don't know what we don't know, right? Yeah. Right. And I just think it's powerful, you know, like what better place to learn about how to manage your money than in the financial services industry? I mean, it's kind of a no brainer there. Why wouldn't you want to learn from the experts, right? Yes. So I, I just look, I, I talk to people um, in all walks of life and all different, um, you know, careers on this show. Every, every person I speak to have, has a different background, but I've had multiple people who I work with that come on because of their crusade stories and how powerful it is, you know, it, it really is a driving force on um, all the choices you make with your finances. And um, I just want to ask you guys, like what, 
what is your vision of your life? Like if you had no limits, like if this business just really took off and, and you know, you, you had everything that you needed, like what, what is your vision? What do you see your life looking like? Mm -hmm. Well, basically, I guess to sum it up, you want to be uh, financially independent, to have more than enough. So if we want to go to see, see a certain doctor, we can just go. But basically, just be financially independent, to have more than enough uh, for, for everything. You know. What about you, SB? What do you see? Yeah, similarly, because being um, having financial hardship really uh, straps you in every and affects you in every area of life. And even your health affects your relationships and your, your ability to provide for your family above and beyond. But especially when it comes to the basics, to even know that when you have financial hardship, that even in the basics, you can't provide for them as you would like to as a parent and as, as you feel and wanting to be responsible. So that finan financial freedom is key. But to have more than enough to even to be able to give out to others, like you mentioned about the crusade. And I think for us, number one, yet our, our daughter's future, knowing that she's covered above and beyond and that she won't have the, the same restrictions we had. But even with her diagnosis, she has other restrictions on top of what we have had. So we want her to be financially free. We want her to be well taken care of. And then also to be able to give out to others, whether it's our community, our church or organization. One of the things that's really dear to our hearts is um, there's an organization called Water for Life excuse me and you know they they uh collect money for for water pumps what, water excuse wells. me for water wells and i was telling mike wouldn't it be great if they could just go to their faucet in their house and get water from their home the water wells are great they're a blessing they're they're a step up for sure but beyond that for them to even have the i don't know if it's the infrastructure in 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 their little um village in their little villages to have that so I, we've talked about that a lot. We'd like to, you know, I guess maybe that's kind of our, our noble cause, something that we'd like to do. And also for other families with special needs, we wanna you know, also reach them and help educate them on our financial services so that they too can learn what we've learned. So they too can have that financial freedom and be able to pick and choose uh, programs or doctors for their children or supplements or things like that. Yes, and you know, it just kind of, um, blows my mind because every time I meet somebody with a child with special needs and you know I always wonder like how do you do it you know because a lot of times it's like you know you can't work you know you have to you know the child needs you know constant assistance or and I'm just like how how are you know, parents like making it happen and they do you know people who have children of special needs are true warriors and advocates for them and I just have so much respect you know, and I, I always try to talk with them and learn like different ways that I can be an advocate for my kids, just in the community as well. All, all the different, um, you know, nonprofit organizations out there that really help um, people, parents with with children that, with special needs. Like there's so many out there, but I feel like it's still there's such a need that's so underserved out there, and yes. I think education is so important and that's what i pride myself on on what we do because it's it's a very innovative way of bringing education to the community i think 
you learn from the people who go through it and who have that in their heart, you know, and that is just so powerful and very important. I think what you guys are doing is just, um, you know, it's heartfelt and, uh, you know, I, I just love you guys for that. Like you guys are just so strong. So I, you know, I really, really thank you guys for coming on the show. Like it's, it's so um, amazing to be associated with you guys. I feel your energy and I feel, you know, the love you have for your, your community and your, your child, Rebecca, she's so amazing. And she's so, her laugh is just so um, energizing. Whenever I hear it, it just makes you smile. <laughs> we feel that we feel the same about you and um, you, you yourself are very strong and uh, you're such a, a wonderful advocate for your son also. And, I know you're reaching so many, many people. So bless you for your mission, your ministry, your love and your courage in, in stepping out and just making all of this information known to all to your audience because it's not limited to special needs families, right? Yes. Here to our hearts, but we want to reach families. No family left behind. Yes, that's our motto. That's our behind, mission. Right? Yeah. No family left behind. That's right. And you know, um, I love that we have this in common, you know, because we are on a very similar path and we, we want the same thing. So it's just going to motivate us to work as a team to get there. Yes. Amen. <laughs> so I thank you so much. You, you guys are amazing. Um, I um, really appreciate you coming on the show and, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. It's, it's, it's just gonna, it's just gonna end in complete and total success and you guys are going to get what you want and definitely deserve. Thank you, Bev. Thank you. Thank we you. appreciate it. Thank you for allowing us to be your guest today. No <laughs> problem. Honored. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us on Dark Horse Matters, the show about people, their passions, and their pursuit toward happiness. Um, if you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and hit that thumbs up and hit the notification bell so you can be notified every time I post a new video with a new story that can inspire all of you. So until next week, be passionate.